Welcome to From the Heart, a podcast where we are talking truths, taboos and triumphs. Please be advised that this podcast may contain triggers. If you find yourself triggered by any of our topics, please reach out and seek help. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of From the Heart. Uh, Now, before we started recording, I did have to ask today's guest how to pronounce her name because I didn't want to get it wrong. And then we started talking and we were laughing and I thought we should be we should be talking about this on the podcast. So um, I will let her introduce herself um, and then we'll get on to the other part. So continue and and let everyone know what we're just talking about, the the joys of having an unusual name. It's a great way to, you know, avoid responsibilities, ask the guests to introduce them. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're lazy. Yeah. Just no, 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 I love it, I love it. Um, no, but thank you. The amount of people that just take a stab, I'm like, you know what, just ask me, that's totally fine. I'm happy to happy to tell you. Yeah. Um, so my name's Kiara, um, but obviously with the Australian pronunciation, I get Kiara, which is fine. Um, I just don't like to introduce myself like that because a little part of my soul just crushes because yeah. it's Kiara. Um, but um, it's like Christopher, chemist, C-H, K. Um, it's Italian, obviously. But I was, as I was saying, um, my, one of the funniest names I've ever gotten called was Tabata, like the bread, like Tabata bread. And um, I was in my first job out of uni and my friend happened to be manning the reception and we had this Irish client and he said, hello, I was just hoping to speak with Tabata. And she was like, and she like burst out laughing and she called me she's like someone's looking for bread Chimbana bread I was like oh <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry I've been called very unusual things <laughs> see when I was growing up the spelling of my name was the odd way to spell it it was always a-l-i-s-o-n that that was how you spelt it um and I used to joke I think my dad was drunk and just you know <laughs> just misspelled it with a double l and then as I've gotten older, I've met so many more double L's and now there's A-L or A-double-L-Y. There's like all these wow. other ways to spell Alison. And I, I hate my name, always have, but um, I, um, I don't like uh, normal names. So when it came to naming my children, um, yeah, the, yeah, like I've heard them on the phone and people say, oh, can you spell that? And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. So uh, I have Tiaran, which is spelled T-I-A-R-A-N. Yeah. She's so sick of spelling it that she tells everyone to just call her T. Like, just the letter. Just, you know, we'll forget the rest. Um, I have Adre, which is D-R-A-E. I let my ex-husband name number three. Biggest mistake, but that's a whole other story. His name is Gabriel. So his is a little bit more boring and, you know, normal. And then I name. Yes, it is. Uh, then I have Zaria, Z-A-R-I-A. Oh, wow. So, Gorgeous name. Thank you. You can tell which one I didn't choose uh, when yeah, they were exactly. together. Um, but, yeah, I like unusual and I like I like it, the name to stand for the person and to be that individual. So just like you are, you know, so sick of happening to explain your name, I've done that to all of my kids. So, yeah, I'm well, it's better that way. Like you said, boring names, they're not as not as fun. Funny joke about the um your dad be thinking your dad was drunk and putting the extra L. So my non-nut, she was actually her birth certificate was dropped, done by the local um birth certificate man. I don't even know if that was a real job back in Sicily in like 
it was 89 years ago um yeah. and he would get drunk he was notorious for getting drunk while writing birth certificates so my nonna on her birth certificate is actually a year older than her actual birth date and her sister this was the worst they put as a male instead of female so in Italy um back in the day there used to be mandatory um like military service um to go and do a year in the military to you know help the country and it came around her 18th birthday and there was these officers at the door and they're like we're here to take your son Rosaria and he's like no 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 that's it that's a girl and they're like no no we've got the papers like it's a yeah. boy like blah, blah, blah. and he's like no no like I'm serious it's a girl and that's how they found out that it was a male on her birth certificate because it would be like one of those things that you would not stuff up like yeah <laughs> so it was crazy. well my so three older children are all half Chilean half Australian um cool. so it wasn't until our third baby was born um, that we realised that when we got married in the year 2000, the births, deaths and marriages in New South Wales put our names in wrong. And so I've been known as Alison Ockenden for, since I was 17 years old. And yep. when we went to register him, um, I, they said, well, where's his mum? Like, you know, you've, your, your husband and, you know, has two surnames you've only got one like where's your documentation to say you are who you say you are um everything I have and they're like no they've made a mistake so on my own son's birth certificate I have both surnames yet there is no legal document that I've ever been known on on oh my with two surnames so whenever I go to get his passport um renewed whenever we have to do anything legal I also have to write a stat deck to say I am his mother. I have the cesarean scar to prove it. <laughs> um, wow. It's just that birth, deaths and marriages refuse to change it, even though there is no documentation that I could give them that would prove I'm the, the same surname um, because mm. that person has never existed legally. But yet she exists on his birth certificate only. You've blown my mind. Even the fact that they refuse to change it. Like, hello. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've, I've argued with people here in New South Wales that, no, it was done right. Um, and so, yeah, we planned on having all of our names legally changed to both surnames uh, and then we divorced. So it really didn't matter. But now he has a different name to all the rest of us because, yeah, because when we registered the first two children, no one picked that up. But then we moved into state into the Northern Territory and it was the Northern Territory that picked it up. So I don't know if it's like a, oh, stupid New South Wales kind of deal where they just, you know. They're trying to get back in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, those people down there don't know how to do their jobs. This is how you do it. I don't know what their issue is. But, yeah, to this That's day, he's 16 yesterday, and to this day they refuse to change it so that the mother on his oh. birth certificate is legal. And my ex-husband married another Alison with one L. So his current stepmother has the exact same name as me, except one L on his birth certificate. Yet, oh I'm, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Anyway. That blows my mind. <laughs> so stupid. What a cool story, though. <laughs> yeah, look, it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I still get really angry about it, but there's nothing I can do because it's out of my hands. Exactly. Someone will change it. Mm -hmm. Um, so for those that are wondering what today's episode's about, it's obviously about family, in case that wasn't uh, clear, by the way, about <laughs> this episode today. Non-children. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, it's um, 
like we when I started from the heart I wanted it to be about all the topics that we don't talk about and being that we are um, brought by today tomorrow and always which is all about memories and and holding on to memories um it's it's all the different parts of our life that that we hold near and dear and you know it's not always the the tough deep conversations or the parenting conversations sometimes it's just that beautiful um, warm fuzzy feeling you get from family so that is what we're here to talk about today um, now I know that you have an incredible business so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your business how it came about and a little bit about your family definitely thank you so much for asking so basically I my business is called um, Experience Asadjo I like to call it more of a project because I'm on a mission to preserve Italian traditions so uh, how I do that is I offer traditional online experiences with adorable nonni, which means grandparents in Italian. And um, it's essentially a way to be able to capture their traditions to make sure that they don't disappear and that they can remain with us forever. Um, to go into a little bit about why I started this is because I've noticed from growing up in an Italian family and also from living in Italy for a little while, um, I really noticed that there was this this age group and I like to call them like the culture creators they're like the people that do things repeatedly these they continue these traditions and they really do create our culture because if it wasn't for them all the things that we love about Italian culture like the whole world loves about Italian culture I don't think we realize the impact that they will leave when they're no longer with us in this earth in a million years so um I was basically that, I, that lit a fire in me and I was like I've got to do something because I just think we don't because the nature of life right now is so busy, like we, we, it's hard to, you know, find time and book time in. And I always say that I say a sadja is an experience. I say, book it in your calendar, make a date with yourself, have some me time, or, you know, book it in with the family, bring your friends over, have a fun little date night, um, do, do something that actually is intentional. So then that way we learn to connect again with the recipes and to connect with these grandparents that share their stories as you go along. Um, we've also got like some gardening, we've got, um, card games as well like little pastimes essentially that's kind of how it all um came about um because I just see these beautiful beautiful people who are i it's really funny so many people that are younger keep coming up to me and going oh can I be involved I'm a, I'm a nonno and I'm a nonno I'm like yep that's great but like you're 60 years old like I'll come and see you in like 20 years when I've finished doing all of the other nonni because there's so many of them and like they've gone through the most incredible experience experiences else and like it blows my mind so like most of them have lived through world war ii they have all these incredible memories they they suffered extreme poverty poverty um after the war and their recipes I always just have such an appreciation for them because they're so simple sometimes but so amazing and you just think about the circumstances that they were under when they had to come up with these recipes or make something to feed a family of six children my, my nonna's from um, a family of six children and um yeah I think it's just like it's absolutely unreal and one of my one of the nonnas on our um our website um nonna Sebastiano he talks about where he was from in, in Italy, you know, they weren't only going through poverty, um, they were also experienced six year, six months of the year in snow, like covered in snow. So they would have to plant and collect as many crops and produce as they can and kind of forecast for the, the next six months to make sure that they had everything. And then that's when you get kind of like all of your preserved 
um, vegetables. Like, so we do um, like uh, capskins and eggplant and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really, really cool. Like it's an amazing history. And, and basically this is a way to shine a light on them and remind our society that these people have so many incredible things to share with us. And we've just got to make sure we document them and, and really like soak in as much as we can from, from their experience. Yeah, I completely agree. I know in my family, we, um, I, I had a great grandmother pass a couple of years ago and every Christmas time she would make what we, our family calls doughboys. Um, apparently the rest of the world calls them dumplings. Um, um, stew, right? So every year that, you know, Christmas day, she'd be in there cooking. And one of my uncles, my uncle Steve, hated them. Now he's been married to my aunt now for, look, I was their um, flower girl, so like 35 years maybe. Um, and every Christmas he would say, oh, I can't wait for the Doughboys, Grandma. Um, you know, when you know when are you going to get them out, you know? Um, and then uh, so she'd go and deliberately put one on his plate. And the second that she uh, turned away, he would put them on someone else's plate and then say, oh, that was so good, Grandma. Oh, you've outdone yourself this year. And she'd, you know, get a little, you know, proud. Oh. To the day she passed, we don't think she actually realised he hated them <laughs> and that we were all eating every single one that she would put on his plate. And it's those beautiful stories that now, even though she's gone, we talk about every year. You know, at least we don't have to, you know, all eat yours. And and it's it really does become a tradition. And I've got two grandchildren that are almost two and um, almost four. And, you know, they met her, but they're not going to remember her. So, um, you know, with the, the keepsake stuff, I think having family cookbooks and we've got one um, that's available that you can create your own family cookbook with your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and all of their recipes because... I don't know how they do it, but you get a nonna or, you know, someone that has been cooking the same dish for so many years and they just walk mm. into the kitchen and they throw stuff together and it's amazing where someone yep. like me gets in there and follows the recipe to the tea and it's just like, oh. That, that, it never comes out the same no you've touched on a very good point so this is why um, I've done videos and video experiences because I, I'm very um very adamant about making sure that the experiences capture step by step what they do and it comes down to a very simple um quantity which is how much is a bit of salt we did a salt challenge um on our socials and it was so funny like I was like oh nonna can you put a bit of salt in here and like just the difference was just incredible but even between nonnas so I think like that's the thing is like you capture exactly their you know their manner like how they're actually like putting the salt in and how much salt they're putting in how much olive oil and you can kind of register that because it's the same like I've heard so many people since I started say to me oh I'm so glad you're doing this because I remember my nonna who's unfortunately not alive anymore and she made these biscuits and I followed the recipe and it just never comes out like she yeah. makes them so yeah. it's really good to be able to have that video so then that way you can go ah oh, okay like that's how, what she means about this much of that and a pinch of salt and this yeah. much olive oil <laughs> yeah 100% <laughs> sorry that was a, a kid interruption moment um yeah look I I I know that one of my aunts has the doughboy recipe um and it, it clicked with me god forbid anything happened to her 
no one else in our family knows how she did it. And like you said, you can you could get 10 nonas all lined up and they will each make it slightly different. But when yeah. it comes to your family recipe, you want your family's recipe. You don't, you know, that's what you grew up with. Um, and it Definitely. brings back those memories. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And I think um, having the video versions are, are incredible because not only are you um, capturing the the family of it and the atmosphere of it but for family members of your guests you know they can go back for generations to come and say this is how you know your great 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 you know nonna used to make it um and you know it really does become that generational pass down thing in a way that is just that step up from the recipe on a piece of paper because you know it's learning about them and exactly like you said how they grew up and you know what kind of foods they used to eat, and yeah, I'm I'm and then memories that are attached to that specific recipe. So I love like I love it when it comes out. Where there's this one video we did, um, we made sausages with my um with my he's my uncle, but on the site he's Nonno Franco, and he's famous for these sausages. He even taught one of the local butchers how to make Italian sausages many years ago when he when he um came out, and um he was going through it, and we're just standing there, and he we're waiting for my um his wife to come back with something else, and he just comes out with, yeah, yeah, I remember when I first started making these. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was like, this is gold. Like, and it's so nice because you capture all of that and you you get to, like you said, you get to, like, relive that experience and it's something that you're going to keep passing down for generations to come. And they have two um, grandchildren, sorry, great-grandchildren at the moment. And, like, I think it's so exciting to think that when they're older, like, they'll be able to watch that and, and you know, learn from, hopefully they'll still be here. I'm sure they still will be. Yeah. They're still quite fit. Um, and you know be able to continue that for their children and their children so yeah it's a cool cool thing yeah it's so different I know you know like when you think back to our grandparents you know or great-grandparents there used to be a family book you know where where all of the important stuff all the births the deaths the marriages you know all of the events were kept and as time's gone on and we've gotten more technological based technology based put your teeth in Alison um you know (laughs) that kind of stuff's kind of gone now we don't tend to hear about family books or family bibles or or whatever Mm. your family calls them anymore so you know having the digital versions of things I think is the modern version of keeping that family tree you know kind of going um and all the traditions and stuff like that and you know perfect for people like me I'm a visual learner like when I you know, I could read something 20 times, but you show me how to do it once. And I'm like, oh, that's what you mean. Um, so, yeah. yes, whatever I can, if I can watch something, um, you know, as opposed to read it, that's that's me. So, yes, I'm I'm very, very keen to, to jump on. And I know um, we met through some business networking. Yeah. And I remember I had to ask you the um, different dietary uh, differences that, you know, I've had bariatric surgery. I had uh, gastric sleeve surgery seven months ago. And so I now can't have um, very many carbs at all. And I, I have to be very careful with my sugar intake and, and all the lovely joys that yeah. come with that. Um, but you were saying that your recipes also have variations to, to cater for things like that too. Yeah. 
I think that's the beauty of Italian cooking because it's like obviously like the traditional we've got we only have the traditional versions but I think <clears throat> it's one of those things that like you can easily substitute and like that's what Nonna does like it's not like Nonna's like oh this is my recipe and I do it every time it changes every time we've just done her traditional way that she does it and like say for example she doesn't have any like I was gonna say she doesn't have any pasta in the house but that that never happens <laughs> like say for example she doesn't have yeah say for example she doesn't have any like I don't know, um, like pork in the house because with her um, her sugar, her sauce, she adds lots of different meats. She'll just do it with like beef or like, you know, if she doesn't want to use beef to, or if someone doesn't want to use beef, they can add pork. So I think it's one of those things that you can definitely adjust. I think it's more about like learning like the the process and um you know we I know we spoke about um if you could substitute like pasta for like cauliflower rice for example I yeah. love sauce like sauce and meatballs if I you know how they always ask you that question like if you had one meal that you could eat for the rest of your life what yeah. would you eat <laughs> like meatballs with sauce like not a couple of meatballs are like the best so I think that because the sauce is so good like if you just mix that with cauliflower rice as well it's like amazing and obviously like zucchini noodles I know that they were a big thing as well I've never actually personally tried that but um you know I think as long as the the core ingredients are good as long you know you can substitute them the recipes are always the same it's kind of like the process I guess that yeah. it teaches I um I I love vegetables like I am like it's ridiculous um and I'm not a big meat eater but I have tried to make zucchini um noodles um yeah. Yeah, I, I just ended up with a bunch of zucchini, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> they didn't bother me. Anyway. I don't know what I did wrong, um, but I just didn't bother and I, it was still delicious. It just didn't look like, you know, it was supposed to. Um, but, yeah, I, I love all of that. We, um, we're quite often still on International Chili Day here make empanadas, um, you oh. know, keep the, the culture for my children alive. And That's if I said awesome. I was... That I don't look forward to that uh, one day every year. I'd be lying. It takes me about four hours to make from scratch, so it's a uh, a real labour of love. But oh, they're so good. So I can't wait to to jump on and try some of yours because I'm so sick of making the same meals all the time. Um, <laughs> just it gets ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I into that circle. It's always good to have something a little bit different. Yeah, and it's stuff that I know all my kids will love um, and my grandkids will love. Um, and then I can maybe just start making one meal instead of currently I make three every night. So, <laughs> wow, yeah. you're amazing. What dedication. No wonder you keep it simple. I would just be making the same thing if everyone liked yeah. it. I don't really have a choice because I have to make something for my dietary needs. And then I've got a teenage son who would eat anything. Um, and yeah. then I've got a six-year-old that's got sensory issues that will only eat things if they're crunchy. Oh, I'd love her. Wow. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So not for you that have to prepare for him, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I love her, but if I didn't, you know, like I, I never would, but there have been times I've just wanted to love yeah, her. Just really eat it. Yeah, yeah. Look, she's amazing. But if she could just eat the damn food, um, she's mm. almost seven and has never tried mashed potato because it's too soft and it's got texture to it. At, you don't know what you're missing, kid. You really don't. <laughs> She's never tried any so kind of pasta. I'm like, it's good stuff. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you good stuff. Especially for you who can't eat it. It's like, please, <laughs> eat it for the people who can't. <laughs> I need to eat through you. I need to see you enjoy it so I can enjoy it, you know, through you. But no, she won't. Um, God love her. 
So you'll have to um, bring her over to Nonna's. You can't say no to Nonna. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm really lucky. Um, my my ex husband's family. Um, whenever they come to visit, you know, I, I said to them when she was little, I I don't know what she should call you. You know, all of the other kids, you know, call you Nonna and Pop. Um, but but I I don't know how you feel. But she's like, we're Nonna and Pop. That's just what all there is to it. I'm like, oh, God love you. Um, you know, we we don't do the half sibling thing in this house. You're just brothers and sisters. Um, and so I was really touched, you know, that they would just, you know, allow her to, you know, kind of plot along on the family line and um, and accept her. I feel like that's that's what they do, though. Like, sorry to interrupt. I, like, I just feel like that's one of my favourite things about my grandparents and, like, all of my great aunts and uncles. Like, I think it's so beautiful because they just give love so unconditionally and, like, all you need to do is show up and show your face and they're just, like, so happy. Like, that's all they want from you. They don't have any expectations, no, like, um, ulterior motives, like, no, no, um, you know, agenda. Like, they're just, like, oh, my gosh, like, you're here. Like, hello, it's so nice to see you. And, like, you just feel so unconditionally loved. And I think that's the magic of, of them. Yeah, it's... Family is, you know, like it, it's so much more than a word, isn't it? Like mm, it's, agreed. it's the word itself is like this huge big hug because it just mm -hmm. gives you so much more, like, especially in families like yours where I imagine, I, I mean, I know what my grandparents are like and they're Australian, but there's always food, um, oh, you yeah. know, and, it, and you always look too skinny. It, it doesn't matter what you <laughs> like. You always look too skinny. You always need something to eat um and they are they're just the from the bottom of their hearts just carers you know they just want yeah. to look after everyone which is beautiful and that's that's exactly what family is you know it's yeah for sure. it's family that you're born into sometimes it's family that you choose but either way family's family and and I'm I'm so grateful to have such a big family that you know I I really feel you know like I've got my own little tribe you know kind of that's beautiful us. so yeah it's it's lovely um so what at the end of each podcast episode I usually ask a question that has to do with resilience so um we don't really have we haven't really been talking about resilience here um but when what does resilience mean to you and when it comes to you know what you do and and why you do it What's some advice that you could give people when it comes to, you know, maybe learning how to cook or trying trying to cook some authentic Italian food that they might not have thought about doing before? Mm -hmm. Good question. I would say for me, resilience is um, having faith and trust. We're um, Catholic, being Italian as well, Roman Catholic. And um, I think for me, the thing that's gotten me through my whole life is um, and made me resilient is my, is my faith. And I never really knew what that meant um, growing up because it was kind of something that was um, like, I would say forced. I feel like it's a bit of a strong word, but it's probably the right word because you just kind of do what your parents tell you to do and yeah. you don't really question it. But um, when I went and lived in Italy and I found myself by myself, I found that that was the one thing that I cling to and that was the one thing that was always there and constant. And I think it's one of those things that helps you fill up your cup and it can be, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I think it's one of those things that you have to figure out for yourself. In my experience, that's what I've learned. But I've learned time and time again that I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for resilience, um, which is like 
trust and faith in God um, because my personal relationship with with religion and God is that, you know, um, that's the person that you pray to, that's the person that gives you guidance, that's the person that gets you through on those days when you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I like, you feel, your head fills with doubt in any, um, any like venture that you, you take that hasn't been walked, I guess, any like walk you take that's unknown. And um, I think that's probably been the, the key thing. And then in my experience, um, I would just say to anyone that's thinking about something or has had something in their heart for a long time, like you just have to go for it. And it's, um, I read this really great article last night and it had some really good advice from, um, gosh, I can't remember his name. I've had a complete mind, like the guy that invented chat GBT. Um, yeah. And he, he was basically like, you almost have to be like relentlessly like backing yourself, like just like, ridiculously like I've got this I can do it and I was like oh like because it's one of those things that it's so hard to do especially when it's just you and you're kind of like going out there and you've got to be resilient to go to use that word um but yeah I think it's one of those things that if you have something in your heart you just have to follow it even if it's the most ridiculous thing one of my friends he's um he's a manager in IT and he's managed to work his way up excuse the pun, um, in that space. And the other day he sent me messages like, you know, I I was made redundant. I was just like, why don't I just go make work at Bunnings for a little bit? I was like, just do it. Like, you just don't know where it will, where it will take you. You might find that there's another calling that you'd never even thought of. And, you know, that's the path you've got to go down. So I think it's like being, listening to your heart and then also like building that resilience by, um, for me, it's like, I do this thing and I like randomly will open the Bible and I'm in like in, in severe doubt. I'm like, oh my God, like when in doubt, open the Bible to a random page. And I always feel like it has this message that it can speak to you. Um, so yeah, so I guess being resilient and following that and having that real um, trust in something that is is always going to be there, no matter what anyone says or, or does, I guess. Yeah, wonderful. All right, perfect. Um, and also, if anyone is interested in jumping onto what you've got to offer, where can we find more information? Definitely. So um, it's experience-asaggio, so A-S-S-A-G-G-I-O. It means taste in Italian. So experience-asaggio.com. Perfect. We will also add those links down um, in the description of the podcast. I would love to say thank you very much for having a chat with us today. Um, I love you. episodes where it's all nice, warm and fuzzy and, you know, we get to just totally girl out. Um, so thank you yeah. very much. Um, and to everyone else, I will see you on the next episode where we talk about things from the heart.